Hello friends, before we get started, uh, I'm going to talk in the opening buffer. That's what the opening buffer's for. Do I have new news? Do I have new things to plug? Nothing really. Same as last week. Go to YouTube and subscribe and go watch my special Modern Mail and then look into possibly being a member. It's like Patreon. There's different tiers. There's $1.99, $4.99, and $9.99, all with different perks. If you got the extra money, throw it at my face. If you don't, uh, it'll be alright. I'm not going homeless or anything. I live below my means. As I was taught by my communist mother. That's what you do. You live below your means, even when times are good, because you never know when people yell at you to stay inside. Positivity! This is gonna be a good episode. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it in my blood. I'm feeling it in my, uh, lower intestines, because I had Indian food last night, and, uh, I'll tell you what, if that doesn't run through you, you are a sex robot. You do not have all the digestive properties of a human body if Indian food doesn't run through you like a hot knife through butter. But besides that, why don't we get to the show? Say it with me. Ha, ha, ha. Hit the music. That was a weird way to do it, but I'm going I'm to insert the music right now. This week in And action. Yeah, we clapped it. The music's going. Things are happening. I got a new light. I got a vlogging light off of uh, Amazon. I'm a full... I'm, I'm done doing stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is dead. Some people do it via Zoom meetings, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to do it. If that's what stand-up comedy was... When I had started, I would still be working at <laughs> the warehouse unloading trucks, because I'm not, I'm not doing that, I'll tell you what. Uh, that's all besides the point. Welcome to the show, welcome to This Week in Zoltan, episode 291, we're coming at you. It's Monday, May 11th, just Mother's Day was yesterday. If you're listening to this now and you're just realizing that, you have messed up. You need to order a bouquet of flowers immediately, your mother is mad. Your mother is mad, and let's hope she doesn't have a cough. I didn't want to put that in the air. I'm not trying to put negativity in the air. I'm just saying that if you forgot Mother's Day, she might get back at you by maybe overplaying some symptoms that she may or may not have to get back at you as revenge. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Missing Mother's Day, that's like missing someone's birthday. How dare you? Don't even dare show up. Leave. Leave immediately. Um... I should check. No, there's a memory card in there. <laughs> I I just uh, I just had this suspicious feeling that there isn't a memory card in my camera, but there is. There has to be one because this wouldn't be recording. It would say no memory card on the screen. These are all thoughts I should have in my own head, but I'm having them aloud. Uh, I'm doing better. I'm doing better now. Last week I was doing. I, I have I have waves of it, man. I'm trying to get used to this life, but I'm getting used to it. Yesterday felt good. It was Mother's Day. I texted my mom. I didn't visit her, though, because I went and got a COVID test. I went and got tested uh, for COVID-19. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I went and got tested because someone had symptoms. So I went and got tested. I had a, they put a six-inch, uh, I don't know if it was, is this six inches? Is It sounds like a fish story. They put a 17-foot Q-tip up my nose and swirled it. I showed up to a parking lot. Like, this is the story I'm going to tell my grandkids. Yeah, someone I knew had the sniffles, so I had to go to a, dry, I had to go to a parking lot downtown 
where they had a tent for no reason and then a nurse that looked like she was dressed like she just walked off a spaceship came and stuck an 80-foot Q-tip in my nose, pressed it to the back, swirled it. What came out didn't look like anything I had ever seen in my body before. And I paid 125 bucks to essentially find out that uh, I'm, I'm okay and I could have visited my mother on Sunday. But the results take a minute. Uh, that's how it goes. That's how it was. It wasn't, uh, it's not painless, I'll tell you what. It's not painless. They tell you it's painless. It's not painless. I went, uh, I went with Emma. She was the one that had, like, she had a bad, she had, like, a cough and a fever. And then she's like, I think I got this. And I'm like, well, let's go get tested. And it pretty much played out like any couple's activity I've ever tried to do in my entire life. Her situation was fine, and I got assaulted. And that's happened to me through multiple relationships, whether it's like, whether we go get tested for COVID-19 together, whether we go get a couple's massage, whether we go on a hike, whatever, dual kayaking, like tandem kayaking, I'm taking a kayak or to the face. That's how that works. That's how it's always been for me. I just have bad luck in couples activities. My COVID test hurt. Hers was fine. Mine, like hers, she was nervous about. She went first. She got a different lady. They stuck the Q-tip up her nose. And she's like, oh, oh, it's a little uncomfortable. Oh, oh. And then it was over. And then the lady that did me just jammed it to the back of my nostril. And like, I don't know what she hit back there, but she hit something. I think she hit like the cervix in my nose. I don't know what's in there. But she hit it and didn't let off of it. And then kept the pressure constant for 15 seconds. And while she's hitting whatever she's hitting deep in my mucous membrane, she's swirling the Q-tip. And there's tears running down the corners of my face. And she pulls it out. It, it's just brown. Whatever she pulled out of my face was brown. I, I think she caused me a nosebleed. I think she gave me an internal nosebleed. And I snore now. I think she deviated my septum with this 80-foot Q-tip that I paid for. I paid to have this done to me. I showed up. I showed up. I, vol I looked up directions. I followed my phone. I went to a parking lot. I paid beforehand, registered, so I could be assaulted in the face by a nurse dressed like an astronaut. That is the COVID-19 test. That's what it is. And it's not fun. It's not a good time. I'll be And I, it turns out I don't have it. I don't have it, and I'll, I'll tell you what, if I ever get symptoms, I'm not going back. Come up with a different test. Come up with a different test. How is this the worst test I've ever done? I've done tests for everything. I've, I've done tests for everything. I've been to the doctors before. I've, I've, I've had every test you could have, and I've never, what? Why is this painful? Draw a little bit of blood. Prick my finger to see if I have diabetes. Let me pee in a cup to see if I can work for your company. What other tests are there? They hit me with in the kneecap with a tiny, weak little mallet to see if my knee does this action. But why are you jabbing an industrial-sized gorilla Q-tip into the back of my face and hitting my nostril cervix and twirling it just to find out I'm fine? I'm not fine now. My nose hurt for like an hour after that. I had tears running down my face. And Emma was like, that looked bad. And I was like, it was the worst. You got it way better. Why did they give you the good one? 
Like, she got the professional girl that came in, did it as gently as a church mouse, and I just got, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger on his first day of, like, being a grocery bagger, just punching the eggs to the bottom. Why do I get that person? Give me the... Why do they look at me and go, guinea pig? That's, I feel like that's me. Every time I go do something, every time I've done, like, a couple's massage, whoever I'm with, she gets treated like a princess. Meanwhile, I'm being assaulted like I stole something. Anytime we're on a hike, I'm the one that slips and eats it. I don't know. Any couple's situation, anything I've done with anybody. It's not, it doesn't even have to be a couple's situation. I go rent scooters in Mexico. The buddy I did it with, he was just having a great time. Sipping tequila, getting tacos, flirting with girls, dusting old ladies off the, off the red light, you know? And I'm over there eating it in an intersection and flying into the street and bleeding profusely. And then having to fly home covered in toilet paper because we couldn't get any bandages. That's how it always ends up for me. By the way, that last story, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out my album, 10,000 Pesos. It's on there. Um, it was not a fun test. It was not a good time. But there was positivity in the air. And that positivity was uh, they were in phase two of the reopening of California. What does that mean? I, all I saw that it meant was there was a line 40 deep for the Cheesecake Factory. That's the only thing I saw personally. That's of the, And I'm out. I'm out and about. I got my little mask. I'm out and about. I'm doing the stuff. I'm looking at things. And the only difference I saw between this weekend and all the other weekends is the line about 40 deep waiting to get into the Cheesecake Factory. And I gotta tell you, I've never rooted for a virus more. If that's who we are as a people, that our first moment of freedom, the first thought that pops into your head is Cheesecake Factory. We gotta get to the Cheesecake Factory. We don't need those people. Be honest with yourselves, too. If you were in line at the Cheesecake Factory this weekend, we don't need you or anyone you were with. If you showed up to the Cheesecake Factory, saw the line, and then like a dope went waddled over there with your mask and stood there and waited in line for cheesecake, like like this is communist Russia and we're waiting for our rations of borscht in the 80s, please understand you're not the one. I, I know that's coming off harsh, but cheesecake is the first thing you do. That's the first thing you do. Also, I've never trusted anyone that's seen a line 40 deep and just decided to not change their plans. When you see a line 40 people deep, that means whatever you were planning on doing, you're not doing anymore. That's how that works. Unless you're in line for a show and you already have tickets. Yeah, I get it. It's going to move to the front. But you're doing, you have no obligation at the Cheesecake Factory. You got none. You got no obligation to be there. That's why I've never understood amusement parks. Amusement parks, you're paying, like, to go to Disneyland? Well, I don't even know what it costs before all this happened. What was it, like, half a million dollars to go to Disneyland for a family of four? You had to take out a loan. One of the kids, you had to pick a kid that couldn't go to college so you and the rest of the family could go to Disneyland? And what do you do there? You walk in paying top dollar to stand in line all day. Oh, you get a fast pass. What? That's just a shorter line to stand in to get on the thing. It's not better. Anytime, I would, I wouldn't be a comedian if there was a line. I wouldn't. First time I did stand-up comedy, I went to the comedy co-op, 
and the only line I stood in was about three deep, and it was just to put your name in the fishbowl so they could draw it out, and you could go do open mic comedy. That's what I did it for. But if I showed up, and there was 40 people just standing there, waiting to put their name in a fishbowl, I go, I guess comedy isn't for me. It must not be for me. If this is what it takes, I gotta stand in line, I'll fly, man. I'll fly, I'll stay in hotels, I'll do bad shows, I'll, I'll pay my dues that way. But if lines were involved to do stand-up comedy, I'd quit. I wouldn't have started. It wouldn't have even been a quit. It would have been a non-start. It would have been a non-start. And by the way, if Cheesecake Factory was the only place on the planet to get cheesecake, and every time I went to the Cheesecake Factory, there was a line 40 deep, I would not know the taste of cheesecake. And I love cheesecake, all right? I, what do they say? The human body is like 70% water? There was a lot of time in my life where my, my body was about 70% dairy, all right? I love cheesecake. Cheesecake is great. I don't even know if I can fully process it because after I have a lot of it, I'm, it's like you gave me a bucket of Indian food, all right? I'm going to be talking to you from the toilet for a while. I love cheesecake. Not standing in line for it. I refuse. I don't know what it is in me. I can't stand in lines. I don't know if you have this. I have it times 10. It better be something good. It better be, like, if I'm not obligated to do it, I'm not standing in that line. I stand in line at TSA because I have to get on a plane to go somewhere. That's my old life. That doesn't happen anymore. This is my new life. It's me in my living room talking to myself. But my old life, I would stand in line for TSA... Maybe I'm checking in at a busy hotel. There's a bit of a line to get up to the concierge and get your check-in stuff. Okay, maybe you go rent a car, and there's a little bit of a line to get to the front. I have to. It's an obligation. But I've never chosen to do anything in my life and have gotten there, realized there was a line, and just stood there and went, well, this is life right now. It doesn't have to be. You can turn around and leave. Do you know that? You can just leave. You don't have to stand there like a dope going, hey, the line's moving. You don't even have to you just, you just get back in your car and go change your plans. That's the beautiful thing about life. You can change your plans. Or you can stand there 40 deep in front of the Cheesecake Factory and then have me have the opinion that this virus is for the best. If that's what we're doing with our freedom is stumbling to the Cheesecake Factory. I used to think we were better than that. And then this weekend, I was shown that we're not. We're obviously not. I didn't think I was going to get that heated about this. But boy, that really struck a chord with the old Z-Man, huh? I, <laughs> that's how it went. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Got a COVID test. Cheesecake. Uh, Mother's Day. Uh, I'd, I'd made... Uh, these are the best responses I've gotten to a tweet ever. On Mother's Day, I tweeted and I shared on Instagram, Hey, it's Mother's Day. Get off your phones and go talk to your mothers. And my favorite responses, I got like eight responses of she's dead, which I know is morbid, but it made me chuckle. Just like how direct it was. Hey, go talk to your mothers. She's dead. I, my favorite one was from a lady. Oh, I forgot her name, but she wrote, She has dementia and she's mean. You talk to her. Beautiful. Laughing to myself, reading my phone. That's exactly what social media was made for. 
It was made to make, make statements of, hey, be nice to your mothers, say hi to your mothers, and then just a slew of people going, uh, she's no longer alive. Or, she's horribly mean and has lost her mind. Why don't you try chatting with her? Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, speaking of death, uh, Jerry Stiller died. Uh, ben Stiller's dad. Uh, I knew him best from uh, Seinfeld and King of Queens. King of Queens? King of Queens. King of... King of... You know the show. The chubby fella. That's not Chris Farley. That's <laughs> that's how that guy is known. He's like, remember that? Remember the chubby guy that came after Farley? And then made you think of him? Yeah. Kevin James. That's his name. Kevin James. He was on the Kevin James show. King of Queens. And he was on uh, Seinfeld. And that's how we knew him. Costanza's dad. Uh, I... I'm very sad to hear that he passed away. I love that. Anytime he was on my TV screen, he made me laugh uh, way more times than he didn't. I think the only times he didn't make me laugh is maybe if my TV was on mute and I didn't hear what he said. But even sometimes, like he was such like a physical actor that even if he was on mute, I think he could make me laugh. That's how funny he was. He was just natural. He was just breathing. He was comedy, you know? And uh, he passed away, but I'll be honest, at 92, I didn't... He was one of those celebrity deaths that happened where afterwards I was like, I didn't know he was still alive. And there needs to be an Instagram handle like that. I don't know if I'm the one that should be starting this, but I think there should be an Instagram handle where it's just uh, celebrities you thought were dead but are very much alive. What are you doing, Jessica? Jessica's sitting on my luggage back there. Why are you ignoring? Why are you interrupting the cast? Are you okay, sweetheart? All right. It's a, it's a live show. It's not. I could edit this out, but that would take more effort than uh than I'm willing to put in. Um, there should be an Instagram handle, <laughs> or or a Twitter handle, or something social media wise that lets us know. Hey, Bob Barker's still alive. Which I don't know if he is or he isn't. But if he was, you'd be surprised, right? Who's really old? Abe Vigoda. Is he dead? Is he alive? I don't know. But if you found out he was alive, you'd be like, what? Okay. Who's, who else is really old? I, I don't know. Who's, remember that guy who made the juices in the 90s? Jack LaLanne, I think. He had like the frilly eyebrows. He had eyebrows. He was all eyebrows. He was an old man with eyebrows, tracksuit. That's all he was. Just eyebrows, tracksuit, sold you juicers. If, I, I think that guy's dead. But if he wasn't, I'd be dumbfounded. We need a Twitter handle for that. We need a source where we can, where we can, uh, we can know. Because I'll be, when they said this poor Jerry Stiller died, I was like, he, how long has he been alive? He's been alive this whole time? I felt like he took a vacation and came back to life and then died. Hilarious man. Rest in peace. My heart goes out to all the stillers out there. Uh, is that other guy in him too? Who's that guy that played Stifler? Or am I confusing Stifler and still? Oh boy. That's going to get edited out. Edited it out. I'm going to have to edit that one out. I'm not going to. It's staying in. I'm guessing he wasn't part of the family. He was all right. He was pretty funny himself. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's dad. I like Ben Stiller. I think Ben Stiller's one of those guys 
like he takes some flack i think sometimes he gets put into like an adam sandler group of like oh this is what comedy is by the way i also like adam sandler i'm loyal i'm a loyal uh uh connoisseur of things you know like if you're a band or an actor or or uh something else you know and you put something out there and i like it and then you put some other stuff out that isn't as great as the other thing you put out that I liked. I'm not going to call you out for it. I'm not going to say uh, obnoxious phrases like, oh, I liked his older stuff. Or, yeah, I like this. Just say you like the person. You don't have to be specific. I like country, but I like old country. Just say you like country. All right? Don't be such a... Who are you? Who are you? Be loyal. Be loyal. You think your mom's as good of a mom now as she was when she was younger? No, she's older. Her joints are starting to calcify. She's not as limber. There's no way. She is as top-notch of a mom now as she was 20 years ago. But do you love her any less? You better not. You better not. Just say you love your mother. Just say you enjoy Metallica. Just say you enjoy Ben Stiller if you liked one of his movies. Just say you liked Adam Sandler. Don't be like, oh, I like this one movie, but the other, ah, oh, da, 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 da. You sound like a douche. Just say you like what you like and stick with it. You don't have to pick out, yeah, Jack and Jill wasn't the greatest, okay? Ben Stiller maybe put out some stinkers. Focus on the positive. Quit being such a critical Nelly, you know? You like him, you like him. You don't like him, you don't like him. You liked Adele Heavy, now you don't like her thin? Get out of here. She want to be heavy. She wants to be thin. She wants to be thin. Maybe she wants to go back to be heavy. Just like her. You didn't know what she looked like when you heard her anyway. You heard her once and you're like, you had an image in your head of what you thought she looked like. Then you saw her and you're like, oh. You didn't know. I don't know what any of that meant, by the way. But I felt passionate about it. Just say you like what you like and stick with it. Have some loyalty. You bandwagoners. You know? Speaking of bandwagoners, I was a total... I was always a big bandwagon NBA fan. I never had a team. First team I ever liked was the 90s Bulls. Yes, I'm about to talk about The Last Dance. And I think the latest episodes that came out, episodes 7 and 8, where he went and played baseball. And, you know, while I was watching the two episodes last night, I think I realized why I love this documentary so much, and I think I realize why maybe everybody's loving this documentary so much, is it's reminding us of the 90s. I Like, for me, the 90s was the greatest 10 years of my entire life. I was a child. Uh, from, I was born in 87, so 90, I was 3, all the way up to 99, I was like 12 or something. I think 12. But I think the best years are from the time you're born to when you're 10. So most of the 90s was the most joyous time in my life. I had no bad times. All of the 90s to me was just push pops and slip and slides and Sega Genesis and hanging out with my friends and Flintstones Vitamins and Michael Jordan and pro wrestling and Ninja Turtles, X-Men. It was just a joy. It was a, it was a good time. You know, we thought pasta was healthy. There was like a time in the 90s when they thought pasta was good for you, so your mom would make you pasta. I'd be like, this is great. Every time was awesome. Like the, I think the first 10 years of someone's life, that's like the, that's like the equivalent of like going to a pitch meeting 
for a timeshare. It's great. You're in a nice office. There's a bunch of refreshments and snacks and just people telling you about all the good times you're going to have with family and friends for no down payment and a very low monthly. It's totally feasible with the finances you just wrote down on this paper. This can be you. This can be your life and you're daydreaming and you're thinking of what could be and how great this is and how great it's going to be. That's the first 10 years of life. And then every year after that, starts with 11, then 12, and 13, and 14, and 15, and 16, 17, 18, all the way into your 20s, and then your 30s. Every day, just slowly and slowly feeling more like you're on the phone with the company trying to get out of this brutal contract. Realizing you've made a giant mistake. That's why I like The Last Dance. That documentary series is bringing me back to the great heyday of the 90s, which was my beautiful segment of life, of nothing but pure innocence, bliss, and fun, good times. I don't remember any bad times in the 90s. Ah, my grandma died. That was a day. But for the most part, the 90s was mwah. Every day just filled with hugs and cake. There's always someone's birthday. I don't think there was a single day in the 90s when it wasn't someone's birthday and they'd bring cupcakes to class. This was before peanut allergies. Had a good time. There's pizza day on Fridays. It's great. I, I, I can't knock it. And then I think I sit here every Sunday and I watch the two newest episodes of The Last Dance and I'm watching, I'm learning. Yeah, Michael Jordan played baseball. His dad got murdered. Rodman was crazy. But wow. Like, it just... it takes me back that beautiful nostalgic moment like I'm watching Michael Jordan dunk from the foul line but really what I'm feeling in my heart is just going down that slip and slide you know in my neighbor's yard the real slip and slide not the ghetto one where you just put a bunch of trash bags together and throw some dish soap and a hose no like the real one because it was the rich kids down the street and it was the real one with the soft nylon and you just slid and then you hit that first bump and you hit the little pool, and then they squirt you in the... F joy, man. Real joy. Remember Joy? This documentary couldn't have come out at a better time. Especially at a time like this, when you're just locked inside with your own thoughts. The worst place anyone could ever be. Give you a little bit of escape to remember the great decade that was the 90s. Unless you were, you know, in your 20s in the 90s. Then maybe it wasn't that solid, but... That's not how I remember it. That was a glorious time. God bless Michael Jordan. God bless the Bulls. Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, even Tony Kukoc. Couldn't play D, but we liked him. Jerry Krause can still suck it, but that documentary is just... Takes me back, man. I want a fruit roll-up. <laughs> And like a cool trapper keeper every time I watch that documentary. We need that in life right now. I think we do. What else did I have? Uh, I had a bunch of stuff written down here. I think we're doing pretty good. Oh, this thing stopped on me. I don't know when we started. But here we go. Um, let's see what I had running down. Sue Plantation closed. If you don't know what Sioux Plantation is, it's the San Diego chain, and they're not going to survive uh, the pandemic. When I first moved to San Diego, I think Sioux Plantation was one of the first places we ate at. 
if you don't live in San Diego or if you do live here and you've never been to a soup plantation, first of all, shame on you. Shame. For shame. Uh, soup plantation is a giant salad buffet where people went to go eat healthy. But by the time you threw everything on that giant salad plate, you you go in there with the best intentions. But you end up leaving with a 7,000 calorie meal and you need, you fall asleep on the drive home. And you kill a family of four. It's very dark. But something about Super, uh, Super Plantation was a beautiful place. You went over there. You built your own plate. They had every salad. Like, they had more vegetables at that salad bar than your mother would ever buy. Like, there was, sal- there was vegetable items that you've never seen before. You'd have to ask your mom. You're like, what's that? She wouldn't even know. All right? She thought she was being healthy until she went to Super Plantation and saw a type of garbanzo bean she'd never seen in her life. And she's like, I don't even know if that's edible. I don't know if it's decorations. You go for it. Uh, if it's not edible, I think one of these employees will cut you off. It was great. And then you went in, and then they had really good bread. That's where they got you. You'd build this nice salad. And then at the end, you'd make the decision. Am I going with a light oil vinegar dressing, or am I dumping on Thousand Island, or ranch, or blue cheese? You just take the tub, and you shake this goop out to make sure... None of this is healthy. And then you go into the other side. They had like soups and little pizzas. And, oh, I miss those little pizzas. Because it was essentially the dinner roll. They just threw a pizza on top of it. They essentially took the dinner roll and just put some cheese and threw a couple pepperonis on there. A kid's dream. Once again, the 90s. And it's gone now. Supplantation is gone. Let's do a moment of silence for the soup plantation. <laughs> soup plantation, if it was a bigger chain, that's where that's where Jared would have made his fame. It wouldn't have been Subway. It wouldn't have been the six-inch sub. It would have been it would have been Jared walking to a soup plantation. Although that walk would have had to have been longer. I think in the Subway commercials, he just walked over from work and got a six-inch sub and walked back. No, Jared from Subway would have had to walk from the airport. Wherever your town's airport is, he would have had to walk his giant ass from the airport to the soup plantation so he could have a 7,000 calorie salad, and then he'd have to walk back to the airport to fly home. That's the only way it would be worthwhile. Poor soup plantation. I, they didn't have a mascot. They didn't have a jingle. I don't even think they had a jingle. They didn't need one. They didn't need a mascot. They didn't need a jingle. They didn't need a fat guy who lost weight. They're just like soup plantation, man. It's a buffet with a bunch of salads. You're not going to buy this stuff at home. If you do, it's going to go bad. You're going to order a pizza. Just come over here. Make yourself a big bucket of salad. Pour ranch all over it. Yeah, you think you're being healthy. You earned it. Go get some pizza on a dinner roll. Oh, divorce. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, We got a famous divorce. Uh, Jay Cutler. And Kristen Cavalieri, if you uh, from the Laguna Beach fame, I don't know if that's the, there was a reality show in the early 2000s that I was a big fan of. I think a lot of people my age were Laguna Beach. Uh, Kristen Cavalieri, she was the mean girl, uh, cute blonde, you know. And she ended up growing up uh, to marry Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, former NFL quarterback. It's actually cool that they met because Jay Cutler, I think, anytime like people talk about him, like sports pundits, former athletes, I don't think anyone says anything good about Jay Cutler ever. And I think that's what Kristen Cavalieri was on the show Laguna Beach. I'll be honest, if they're being themselves, it'd probably be hard-pressed to find anyone to say anything good about Jay Cutler or Kristen Cavalieri, and they found each other. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that make you feel like there is someone for everybody? 
if someone that everybody hates like Jay Cutler and someone that everyone can't stand like Kristen Cavalieri come and build a holy matrimony yeah and doesn't it show like if your marriage is making it through this lockdown that's a strong marriage because they couldn't make it through this lockdown and they live in a mansion they live in a house probably so big you don't even know anyone else is in the house that's one of those houses you got to check the security cameras before you walk around naked because you don't know if there's someone in the left west wing in the north tower in the second garage on the bocce ball court you don't know who's on the premises you got to check the cameras in the bedroom before you decide what outfit you're going to wear outside of the bedroom that's how big their house probably was and they couldn't survive that meanwhile look at you and your marriage you're just in a regular house Regular two, maybe three bedroom house, above ground pool outside, nothing to shake a stick at, and you guys are going strong, that's real love. Kristen Cavalier and Jay Cutler couldn't make it in a mansion. Man, they must have hated each other. You can't get through a mansion situation. Kristen Cavalier said the reason for the divorce is since he got retired since Jay Cutler retired from football, he's been lazy and unmotivated. Which I think that's like three teams in the NFL. That's the same reason they got rid of him. This is the same reason his wife left him. Which I don't how if you're a I don't like if you're a multi-millionaire retired athlete I, what would you be motivated about? And what would you have to do? What do you mean lazy? Like what what chores are there for Jake Cutler to do? Is there any I mean, I, I, listen, I've never lived in a, like a, I've never been a multi-millionaire, retired athlete, or any of those words. Athlete, retired, multi-millionaire, I've never been any of those words. Uh, but I'm assuming, maybe this is a blind assumption from me, but I always assume that those people didn't like mow their own lawns, or do their own laundry, or wipe down the counters. I thought there was like a person for that. Like they hired a person and then you give them like a room in the mansion and that's why you have to check the security cameras to see if you got to wear pants that day because you don't know who's got a day off i thought that's how it went so like the argument from Kristen cavalieri that jay cutler was lazy and unmotivated yeah he did it he did it i don't know how many years he played in the nfl i don't know how much money he made over those years i'm going to assume it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars even after taxes, I'm assuming it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. What do you want me to do? I think when you retire from over a decade of making hundreds of millions of dollars, you just kind of wear a Hawaiian shirt and get fat. I, if that's not the plan, then I, I really need you to discuss what the original plan was. What was the original plan? I thought that was the plan. I, I thought that's what we're all trying to do on this planet. I, I might be wrong. I thought all of us were in this together so that one day we could get to a point where we've made so much money in life that we can resign to being lazy and unmotivated. I... Like, you know how everyone in their house has, like, those, like, sayings that they put? Like, in the kitchen it says, eat. And in the living room it says, live and laugh. And in the bedroom, it says love. Like, I thought, like, that was the little piece of motivation up in everyone's brains. I thought that's why everyone went to work or went to college or went to go better themselves. So one day, 
they could make enough money to where they could go, let's be lazy and unmotivated. I thought those were the cutouts in our brains. I thought that's what all this effort was for. I Apparently, I've been doing it wrong. I mean, it didn't matter because I wasn't close to being able to get to a level of being lazy and unmotivated, but that's what I've been working for. And now I feel like I've been doing this all wrong. And I'm turning 33 in 10 days. 12 days. Terrifying. Kristen Cavalieri has made me realize that I think I'm living my life wrong. And I never even married her. I feel like I'm getting divorced. Poor J.J. Cutler. Although it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Because I, I think he was kind of a jerk. I've never heard anyone say anything good about him. Maybe he helped like an old lady cross the street once, but I think for the most part, not the best guy. I, I'm assuming. All right. Um, I want to do what I want to do right now is I want to read all the names of the cat people at the cat person level, and then we'll go through some tweets. Uh, thank you, everybody. These are all the people at the nine ninety nine a month level. Ema Catherine Maya, Tat P, Alan Nugent. Alan, by the way, had a suggestion that I try to learn different things on YouTube and then I, I give a video update. More on that, Alan. I have an idea with wine that I think I'm going to be shooting soon. Jonathan Kinsey, Costaledo 5, Samori Augusto, love that name, always, that's a great name. Laura Hornstra, uh, Ilea Jungworth, Danny Cox, Diana Norton, Laura Rolson, Judy Dean. B1 Bailey, Supreme Coalition, Susie Wilson, Jamie Bassett, uh, Amari Garrison Quay, uh, Amanda Scharfenberg, sorry, and uh, someone whose username is Jing Yom, Sarah Zant Santo, that's a Hungarian name and I don't know how to say it, Santo, I think it's Santo, Sarah Santo, Marilyn Rx. Those are the people at the cat person level. Thank you for your continued support. It's much appreciated. I didn't mean that hand movement to be so aggressive. I think I got through everything I wanted to talk about. Let's see what else there is. We can go through. Let's see what's happening on Twitter. I'll go through the top trends of today. Leave with some positivity. Uh-oh, someone named Corey died. Corey LaBerry? I don't know this person. I don't know this person. Is this like an Instagram person? Oh, well, rest in peace, person. I didn't know. You're trending on Twitter, so you obviously did something. Uh, of course, Jerry Stiller. Trumpgate. I don't know what that is. Obviously, it's political. I don't know. I'm trying not to watch the news because I'm trying to keep smiling. Uh, Yoko Ono's trending. That's never good. I think because there's all this death going on. And she killed the Beatles, I believe. Uh, Lizzo is trending. I don't know who that. I think she's a singer of some sort. Clearwater. Obamagate is trending. Is Obamagate and Trumpgate related? Is Tom? Can we blame Tom Brady for it? That's all I care about. I hate that guy so much. I would love to blame him for Obamagate and Trumpgate together. Serenity now, gritty. Dave Grohl is trending. Please tell me he's not dead. I only click on it to make sure I can see, like, the uh, Denzel Washington gif where he goes, whew, I thought something happened. Whatever. Oh, Dave Grohl wrote an article. 
that I will definitely check out. He wrote an article uh, for The Atlantic uh, about life without live music. Okay, I will definitely read that. Boom. Make sure you read that as well. Sean Doolittle, Pennsylvanian. All right, I think that's it. What's happening in the news? The office is dead. It's also negative. I want there to be a positive Twitter. I don't care if it's all lies. Just, you know, let me know. Let me know everything's going to be all right. Or tell me it's not. Be straight up with me. But don't keep me in a limbo. I hate that. I don't like being kept in limbo. Shatter my soul or tell me there's going to be a tomorrow. But don't in between me. I think that's what I'm going to leave it on. That's my level of positivity. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, doing whatever you do to listen to the podcast. I'm going to end the video podcast, and we're going to do a sound, a song of the week for the audio podcast. But until then, video people, ciao, ciao. And you audio people, let's put a song on it. I've been listening to a lot of Bad Religion. So let's, let's pump this up with some Bad Religion. Getting that Bluetooth speaker. Bad Religion, uh, you know, they talk about some stuff that's heavy and depressing, but they do it in this upbeat punk rock kind of vibe that makes it feel all very okay. Here's uh, The New Dark Ages by Bad Religion. And then I'm also going to play I Want to Conquer the World. They're short songs. Enjoy.
with your high and mighty Aaron. Your action speaks aloud, I can't hear what you're saying. Hey, sister, bleeding hard with all of your compassion. Your labors through the hurt, but can't assuage temptation. Hey, man of science, with your perfect rules of measure, can you improve this place with the data that you gather? Hey, Mother Mercy, can your lungs be improved forever? Is your fecundity a travel or a treasure? Have a great week, everybody.